where we talk to influential founders, speakers, and all-round cool people from across the globe. Today, we are doing a global podcast with our guests being based in Cyprus today. Um, she's an international multi-award winning psychotherapist, and she recently won the Inspirational Woman of the Year Award. Now, my guest broke free, free from a difficult childhood to overcome some amazing barriers to where she is today. And I think these really are the guests that I love to speak to. Um, she's appeared on numerous TV and radio shows across the world and spoke on numerous global platforms. So without further ado, I introduce to you Viola Edward. How are you, Viola? Hi, I'm good. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Lovely yeah. stuff. Of course. Um, so, I mean, I tend to ask my guests about, I suppose, where their career started, but I feel like we need to go further back and ask you, I suppose, about your childhood, because I think that that's truly shaped your career today and, and who you are. So tell our audience about that. Well, I was one of these uh, small kids who always knew what they want to be. Uh, I always wanted to be psychologist and a teacher. And, you know, I'm... I'm I'm a book girl, so we don't remember, nobody remember me with a toy or, you know, it's like and in my family, they don't even remember when I start having books in hand. <laughs> but, uh, but then, you know, how is it? Life sometimes has other plans. First of all, um, books were my refuge, my, my safe place, because when I was three years old, my dad died from a heart attack and very, very sudden, quick. He was 29. My mom was 24 and she was pregnant with my adorable sister, Layla. And that oh. was a big change in our life. We were then in Kirkuk, Iraq. Uh, and after, so it was huge uh, drama, trauma. Uh, and I think that had affected me for many, many years. Anyway, when I was around five, then we emigrate to Lebanon because my mom is Lebanese, was Lebanese. And then that meant that I grew up with my father's family who were Assyrian, who speak Assyrian. What? And when we moved to Lebanon, we learned how to speak Arabic and meet new family. And we stayed there for eight years. And my mom did whatever was in her hand to give us the best education and and give us the best. So I had, we could say, stable eight years there. And yeah. but then the situation in Lebanon was was as as we know was not very good. And people, it was unstable. And being she already going through all the process from Iraq to Lebanon. So she had a brother in Venezuela. And early seventies, uh, we emigrate to Venezuela, mm -hmm. and that was tough then. Because then we become immigrants and uh, immigrants, uh, we can have a huge program between the difference between immigrants and refugees, of course. We, yeah. we, we had families where we could stay with, but it was very difficult. Um, and then I had to interrupt schooling at the age of 13. And that was a big, big thing in my life because, yeah. uh, well, I'm a school girl, isn't it? And then... Yeah. And then I start working. So in a way, my career started there. Uh, 
because then I start working and learning the language very quickly. Fortunately, we speak languages. We speak, of course, Arabic, and then we spoke French. And for that, learning Spanish was easier for me. And then my first job was selling shoes in a shoe store. And yeah. uh, I still like shoes. Not that much, <laughs> much, much like some of my friends. <laughs> and then my mom thought it would be good that I have a trade in hand. And so they thought, my mom thought, mm, what about if you learn a trade? And she put me in an um, academy to, to be a hairdresser. hairdresser. And then the drama there was that I'm so bad with my hands and I'm still dreaming about being teacher, psychologist and all that stuff. And it was quite dramatic for me to learn that trade. Yeah, I bet. My, it's like my mind was not there. My, and, you know, there is a dramatic situation. We're talking about 70s, of course. And nowadays it's different because we have so many online courses. But then when a child interrupted schooling, they had no way to go back to school because the system to go back at night, it was set for people above 18 years old. There were system of education. Oh, okay. I am so young. And so I learned how to be hairdresser and uh, being quite unhappy there. I remember right. I developed... Uh, I developed like a allergy from the spray and I used to cut my fingers very much when Ooh. I used to. <laughs> I, I remember being unhappy and one of my friends tell me, but what else can you do? What else? And I look at her and I said, I don't know. And she said, I'll help you. And then she created a notice in the newspaper saying that I was um, mechanographist and receptionist and I spoke three languages and she put me like you know in a level like that and she and actually 15 companies called me and wow. some of those interviews I could not pass the first uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but between those there were uh, engineer who had a work in the morning and he had an office in the afternoon and he needed somebody to be in the office. And from the phone, he was so kind and nice. And I think he noticed that I knew little. But we went to an interview and she, he just he just gave me the work. It was very little wow. and, then, <laughs> and then I escaped from the, the hairdressing without saying to my mom or anybody. <laughs> and then we find... Uh, and then I find a system for education that they will take over 16. Yeah. So I was 15 and went there. And I, I mentioned this story many times because I think it was the beginning of my negotiation skills. Yeah. <laughs> I asked to talk with the director. You know, I stay, stay until he could see me. And he said, we can't accept you it's against the law. You're 15. I said, by the time of graduation, I will be 16. And I beg and talk and talk. And you know what happened? They accepted me. They were wow. astonished at my eagerness. And they gave me scholarship. And they offered me a job in the morning. Amazing. So here I am, having working in a school in the morning with the engineer in the afternoon and studying at night. 
and for the next three years of my life sleeping like three hours only and spending time and that was the beginning of my career which I'm very grateful for very happy and it was difficult I, I would say I have never been again an A plus student because I have always <laughs> but I'm an excellent student and from there on I have I have always back for education because I don't have the undergraduate yeah but then as I start working early age and by 20 I had uh, my money and I had to support my family so I will choose which subject I want to study which teacher I want to be with and I will go there and again use the same formula of telling them look you don't have to certificate me you don't you just let me be here I do the homework I pay my fee yeah. You know, I just want the knowledge. And this is how I I did homeschooling as a young person, supervised wow. myself, and la- later inserted myself in alternative education system. And this is what I do nowadays. I offer alternative education system through wow. to counseling, through mentoring, through psychotherapy, and, you know, so... Then uh, I work for 21 years. The last 10 years I did, uh, I specialized in, in the insurance sector. I was in corporate, I become a manager, very proud. And then the time come. And through all these years, I was always studying at night and preparing myself. And at 34, I was ready. So I transformed all these managerial career and stop it and become a psychotherapist breath worker wow (laughs) that's an amazing story i mean i suppose all i can think of like knowledge is power i mean throughout that story you never stop learning and, and educating yourself to make yourself kind of better and especially when you're at the age of 13 and kind of your school stops i mean I used to turn around to my mum and used to say, I don't want to go to school today. And you kind of, when you grow up, you think, oh my God, there's people out there who can't even go to school out of choice, let alone, I mean, being told. Uh Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Um, I mean, do you ever go back and visit the countries uh, that you lived in? Do you have any attachment to them still? Uh, Yeah, yeah. You know, but probably there is a, I learned something which has helped me a lot in my life. I learned that I can take my origins wherever I can go. Yeah. And my origin expands. And because I'm quite a Latino woman, but I have yeah. my Middle Eastern origin. Yeah. So I'm this I'm this mix between and between all these places I've been living with in and now I'm in Cyprus for the last 15 years. Yeah. Uh, I'm in Cyprus in the last 15 years, so I have a lot of this dynamic what's happening in Cyprus. So I would say I'm as a, a universal citizen and I just love justice and fight for justice and for human rights. And speak, I speak Arabic and speak Spanish and my husband is British. <laughs> English at home and uh, my sister is with me, so we speak uh, Spanish with her, fortunately, because that's something I missed a lot. And uh, <laughs> when my mom used to visit, we with her, we we continue speaking in Arabic. So 
it's like all this culture inside of my heart, inside of my mind, my my being. Yeah. And uh, I I would say I love humanity and I'm at service to humanity and all those places have touched me in different ways. Definitely. And I think it's kind of um well kind of what you're saying there I suppose the rich culture of all that I mean the places you've described have culture at the heart of their country and and that's what's I suppose in your heart as well kind of these rich cultures and then when you're talking to people you can I can definitely feel that as well I mean um kind of describing the different languages you speak as well how you're connected to different um kind of uh backgrounds it's it's very cool I mean do you I mean you're working Cyprus at the moment then are you working if an individual comes to you how do you work with them is it do you work with um, individuals who are in business or is it just uh, people who come to you and say look I I've got kind of issues in my head and I need to speak it out with you I mean how does that how does it work well it worked first I need to um, make something clear because when I start working about my work I also have to clear what is my age. So I'm 59 years old and I've been working <laughs> since 13. For that, yeah. I do something. Yeah. So yeah. All, <clears throat> all they think I, <clears throat> I have gone in depth with them. It has been long, long years working and fascinated by psychology, philosophy, humanity, human development, uh, uh, social psychology, uh, sustainability. All those are my interests. So uh, I can I can answer your question in this way, Polly. Being a person, being a family, being a small organization or a big business, they get in connection with a therapist or with a consultant for two major reasons. Yeah. Yeah. One reason is that we have a critical area and we need support to find the cause and how to go through. Yeah. Yeah. The second reason is that we're good, we're quite good, but we know we can do better. So we hire a consultant, a mentor, a coach, a therapist to find out how can I fly higher, wider, how I can give better service to humanity, how can I do best. Yeah. So when we go to a therapeutical process, it's not only when we have problems. It's true that people come, they have problems, but also I always invite you to come like for a checkup. And checkup doesn't mean that we're going to find a problem. In the contrary, right. we'll find areas of improvement, yeah, if you want. I give you an example. Uh, for example, I already wrote two books, one in 1999, one when publishing book was so difficult, and another one last year. And actually, I never thought I'm a good writer. I never thought I could write because I have accent in all the language I speak. Yeah. issue. <laughs> but what happened, it was that one of my students recorded me a whole course and transcribed me and passed me that on paper. And then later wow. I saw it on the screen. And you see, that was an area of improvement. Yeah. So when I get when I get coaching for that, it was to improve an area that it was not there. This is an example, yeah? Yeah. An example is like now 
I will open work and new market in Middle East. I speak Arabic. I vibrate with women and with men. And, and I have all these uh, talents and qualities to work with. This is a market just there. So this is a new area of improvement, isn't it? Yeah, so, definitely. So uh, I specialize in relationships and in businesses, clarity business. I work with, I also have another specialization in addiction. Working in recovery and the process for recovery with the family and with the person in question. And uh, and I have another speciality in sexuality. And uh, for that, I have to tell you my age. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but what I like to do a lot, a lot, is when I do business consultancy, and I have a program called the Alchemy of Emotion or Relational Capital. So when I go to businesses and I talk about relational capital, means that we people, we take our emotions wherever we go. Yeah? Yes. So if somebody has problem at home or non-solved problem with their authority figures, those will pop in in their workplace. Yeah. If somebody deal with victimacy, that will pop in in the workplace. If somebody feel guilty and not good enough, that will pop in in the workplace. And then we have rework, we have people coming late, we have a lot of people asking permission because of illnesses. Uh, so what I do in the businesses is give certain talks about, in the language of the business, of course, yeah. about different type of personalities and how we can learn slightly about our type of personality and our neighbor type and learn how to relate and communicate in a certain way that will diminish the conflict in the workplace yeah. and and learn when you know about your personality traits how you are when you're in evolution when you're happy when you're creating but how you you react when you're under stress because you react different than how I react. When yeah. people learn about these things, immediately there is a huge improvement in the workplace because the, this motivation that all of us will have to do things, to produce, to create, it gets shiny again because it's an impulse that we have from inside out, isn't it? But yeah. sometimes the outside can diminish it or can light it up. So we talk about motivation, the different type of motivation, how people get motivated, mm. how we can self-motivate. Uh, and this is like in general. And then sometimes I go to businesses to work the specific, which is uh, their vision, their values, because many businesses has their vision and their mission. And they have their values printed everywhere. But... They, the definition of the values is not clear for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the conflict appears because people think I'm a respectful person, but the definition of respect is different. And this is one of the major conflicts in, in couple two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that what I understand by, by that. Uh, so being a transcultural psychotherapist is that, is to be able to understand why we see the way differently, how we see the world different, 
and how to find channels of connection with our relational capital to be above uh, the situation and to learn how to self-do uh, conflict resolution as much as we can do and we when we arrive to a point we cannot do more so we call the consultant or the counselor or whatever is the person for the situation and you know all our life the workplace is how education continue we have the duty to keep educating to diff in different levels so this is my job i mean that's what i would say i mean i, I think what i would relate is that business is very emotive and i think what you were talking about there how um people bring their emotions into business and when we make decisions it is very emotive and i think understanding your emotions first is a is always a good step but also i mean i work in the world of startups and you see a lot of a lot of startup founders they try and communicate their vision of where they want to take the business and, and kind of if you if you know startup founders which i'm sure you do you're always kind of saying you know that they change their path kind of every sort of every day so the way to communicate that to a whole team is really important because it's all well and good putting the vision on a big whiteboard when the team walk in but if no one understands how to get to that then, then exactly. there's absolutely no point having it there um yeah i mean let's let's change the subject uh, the topic slightly so <laughs> well we can say that effective communication in your world in the startup is i mean how many people have great ideas they are hard working oh, yeah. and they cannot yeah. manage to because of their way of communicating because they yeah. can't pass the message and because they they didn't learn managerial skills on the yeah. process and then all that fade away and it's such a pain of and and such a waste so we have a lot of work to do there yeah definitely i mean i always find i mean when i read about some of the best startups in the world facebook airbnb apple um uber the founders of these companies they had a passion they had a passion for what they wanted to change it was never money orientated um i mean mark zuckerberg all he wanted to do was connect with his friends in his dorm in his um hallways and when you look at how the story went on and he he always says and steve jobs as well they always say we weren't good at managing people we were only good at the ideas so we hired intelligent people to do that job for us and i think there's always a element of when does the founders kind of <laughs> know themselves okay i'm not very good at managing people i'm not sure how to communicate with them so do you know what i'll either learn it or i'll i'll give it to someone else to do and i think that's yeah. that really is the key to success it's how you communicate your vision with the rest of the team um, and that that's the difference of a startup failure and success really yeah being coachable is a key in any business in any yeah. any in any relationship is and i think every day is getting more understanding about that. I used to do this kind of work in United States and South America in the 90s. And I was yeah. in the um, Congress of uh, Human Resources and Management in Geneva in 2001. And already I was talking about the alchemy of emotion in businesses. And now I can see more and more in Europe and in UK is getting more and more places. And so hopefully, hopefully all of us we will have coaches through our life, different Definitely. coaches 
in different subjects. Yeah, it's it's hugely important. Coaches or mentors in your life. I think it's mentors, counselors, psychotherapists, any any way of counseling. Definitely. And if if you allow me, there is one of my teachers who used to say, well-being is not that complicated. It has three major principles. One is be positive. Being positive is seeing the whole picture, not only positive, see the negative, see the positive. Yeah. Second one, be in balance, and life will take you out of balance. Learn and go back to balance, meaning body, mind, emotion, meaning of life. And the third one is the principle of consultancy. When life takes you out of balance, you do those steps that we will tell you maybe in another, because now we're short of time. And if you couldn't manage to go back to balance, so you go to external consultancy. And those are, that was the three principles that he, uh, in, in, this is a methodology that the name is positive psychotherapy. Okay. And it's honestly, it's like, if you want one day, we can just talk about that. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, okay. <laughs> I know it sounds it sounds amazing and I think and when you when you say it like that it sounds like simple things but people forget about the simple things I mean especially when we go back to the world of business but founders always just look at the negative and you have to look at the positive as well to give you a bit of perspective um, on what's going on so yeah no completely relatable I mean do you have any exciting plan, uh, sort of plans for 20 the rest of 2018 Viola I know before we kind of came online you were talking about an exciting uh, fashion show for one of your friends <laughs> which sounds very cool ah yes my friend yes i will connect you with her well <laughs> uh, i am i am um i do uh, breathwork counseling training professional breathwork counseling training which is a program of 600 hours uh, and we divided in first 200 hours for so people learn how to counsel one-to-one through breath work then they work for a while and they do the second level which is another 200 hours to be able to do this breath work counseling in groups and then they work for two years actively and then they come back to the trainer of training uh, training of trainers and do another 200 hours so i do those training in cyprus and I'm opening to do them in different parts of the world, starting in yes. July in Antwerp. We have one intensive of those. And soon coming to London. Right. So, so the idea is to have them in some key cities and some people who couldn't or want to do more, they can go to the other city and then they can come to Cyprus or they can do them all in that city. So okay. I, I think we need much more breath is, is connection with life and as much as we understand what does it mean and how can we use it fully uh, to connect fully with life and with our ability and talent is is amazing uh, process and also this is another whole program for to talk about breath so i have this ongoing training and then i'm <clears throat> i go i come to uk every two months approximately to be in some platform, public speaking, and connection with some other businesses. Uh, and then I have in, um, as I told you, I speak Spanish, so I'm connected with a platform called She, which is seminars for uh, entrepreneur uh, Spanish speaking. And we they do every year a big event 
and I'm with them. And then there is a magazine related to that event. Also, I'm part of the board of three magazines, one in Europe, one in Middle East, and one in South America. So supporting wow. them and supporting in my relational connecting to connect people all around the globe. And, uh, you know, I have a couple of nominations. I didn't know, but I'm nominated for a couple of things. Let's see what's going to happen. <laughs> because last year, last year was like six or seven. Of, wow, of, well done. Amazing. After all these years of working last year, it was the year of public, one of the year of public recognition, like massively in the United That's States good. and in here. And wow, it was amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm organizing, uh, I have a platform called the Feminine Capital Rhythm. Okay. And this platform supports women to break free. A powerful woman who achieve many things, but sometimes they have one area in their life, usually it's relationship, that still haunt them, not, you know, they still trap there. So it's like breaking free from not having it all. And also it's a platform to support men to accept that the world is big, very big, and there is opportunity for all of us. And the fact that it, it has changed of what was it in the 60s, the 50s, and the 70s doesn't mean that it finished for the man. It means that there is different ways. It means that it's bigger because now they have peer with women. They can do so many things. They can share so many things. They are not the, oh, the, the providers of the home only. They can share that. If the men learn, if men learn how beautiful it is to have peerness in life with the with with women in as a as a as a business partner, as an employee, as a boss, as a daughter, as a wife, as a sister, as a citizen, I think we will be much more, we will move to a sphere where what we do is much more sustainable. So this is the mission of this platform. And this platform migrate to different cities. So I'm looking for the next one. We did one in Cyprus last year. It yes. was a success. And we had like right. 27 speakers and people from many places in the world. And now we're creating the next one. We're organizing the next one. Wow, very exciting, Violet. I mean, sounds like a huge kind of the rest of 2018 is busy, um, which is all good. And it's great that you're being recognized for the work you're doing as well. Um, yeah, kind of yes. huge respect for that. Very and good. I always, um, always inviting you all to come and do work with me in Cyprus. We have program weekend, three days, five days, intensive um, therapeutical program programs that holistical holistic that uh, we can do work in a weekend or three days or five days and also for your relationship or for your business clarity so those program programs are uh, I, I will be very happy to to do those programs with you too definitely yeah no we can share the details as well to our kind of listeners um who are listening to this podcast i mean my final question which i have and I love listening to kind of their answers as well. Um, if you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be? Everything gonna be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I would say 
sometimes I see my younger self. When, I'm, when I go into a situation of stress sometimes and I breathe and, you know, and, and I, I visualize her eight years old, seven years old. And I say, look where we are now. Come on, yeah. everything's going to be okay. Um, I would say you're amazing. And thank you so much for holding me so beautifully. And for having, for my younger self, I would say, thank you so much for having those big dreams, beautiful dreams that you didn't let anybody to take away from you. That's what I would say. I would care, encourage everybody to keep their dreams high and in heart. And, you know, sometimes we dream something in a color and it's come in another color, but it comes. <laughs> That's really um, well put. <laughs> yeah, I always say like, for example, part of my dream was to have a publishing company, but then I end publishing two books. This is what I mean. It comes in another color, but it comes. It Everything comes. it comes in, in a different time that maybe we wanted, but just trust, trust yourself. You, uh, this, uh, when I was talking about the positive psychotherapy, I wanted to tell you that positive come from Latin and the name is positum. And positum means what is there, what is given. All of us, we came with a bunch of beautiful things that some of them we need just to develop a little bit more. So yeah. we came already given lots of things and those things we put together and we arrive where we wanted and even further. So I wish you all the best. And I, I am I wanted to be and a little bit more. So you <laughs> Thank you so much, Viola. You've been a, a really amazing guest and you've given us a kind of huge insight into where it all began. I mean this platform is all about eventually helping girls um, who are trying to break their own barriers, um, kind of overcoming to try and educate themselves if they can't access education. So, I mean, what, you're, what you've spoken about today is, is kind of really positive stuff on how you can kind of change the, what your outlook and, and do, do what you have to do to kind of move forward. So thank you, Viola. Any sort of de details of um, what Viola does, any uh, programs that she has, I'll put it all um, kind of underneath this uh, YouTube video. Um, so yeah, thank you, Viola. Welcome and count with me for your project and for your support for women all and girls all over the world. I'm with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.